Hey, it's Drex from This Week Health Cyber and Risk Community, and I want to invite you to our next webinar. It's going to focus on what else? Defending health data. I'll be chatting with experts from Rubrik and Microsoft. Register right now at thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. That's all one string, R-U-B-R-I-K webinar, thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. See you online soon. Today, looking at the State of the Union address, seeing if there's any implications to health IT. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. We want to thank our show sponsors who are investing in developing the next generation of health leaders, SureTest and Artisite, two great companies. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. Having a child with cancer is one of the most painful and difficult situations a family could face. In 2023, to celebrate five years at This Week Health, we are working to give back and we are partnering with Alex's Lemonade Stand all year long. We have a goal to raise $50,000 from our community. We are already at $10,000 for the year and we ask you to join us. We have a drive going this month in February. It's a very simple drive and you are participating just by listening to the show. We average about 20,000 downloads a month of our show. And for the month of February, what we are going to do is we are going to give $1 for every download over 20,000 that we get in the month of February to Alex's Lemonade Stand. So just by listening to this show, you are participating in raising money for childhood cancer. Another way you can participate is to share this show with a peer. Let them know that you get value out of listening to not only this show, but Town Hall and the conference show as well. And when they subscribe and download the show, they will be a part of helping to raise money to fight childhood cancer. That's what we're doing for the month of February. If you want to skip all that, you can just go to our website. There's a link at the top of the webpage. You'll see Alex's Lemonade Stand logo up there. Just go ahead and click on it. You can give your own donation right there on that webpage. Leave us a note. We would love to thank you for being a part of it. All right, we're going to take a look at the State of the Union address. There's 10 healthcare takeaways, according to Becker's, and we're going to see if there's any health IT implications for those things. Anytime we talk about things like this, political things, State of the Union addresses, comments from a president or a party, those kind of things. I'm reminded that I have to preface this by saying, I don't find politics to be a good lens to view things through, especially as a healthcare leader. And the reason is I'm not trying to protect somebody else's interests. I'm not trying to see things through my party's interests or my beliefs interests. I'm trying to look at them through healthcare's interests and say, is there any impact to healthcare and healthcare IT in my system? And so I'm going to be doing this as if I were a CIO and not a political pundit. So that is going to be my objective. We'll see if I can succeed here. So February 7th, Joe Biden expressed optimism while highlighting efforts related to COVID-19, Medicare and Affordable Care Act. Let me just go to the 10 things. So COVID-19, today COVID-19 no longer controls our lives. He reported that COVID-19 deaths are down 90% and the administration will soon end, end the public health emergency. We knew this, we already reported on this, that uh, public health emergency will come to an end. I think it's in May, which is in line with what the president said a while back with regard to giving healthcare 90 days notice. So we should know that, we should be planning for that. We should understand what that means. 
in terms of reimbursements, in terms of special situations and those kind of things. Keep in mind that some of the stuff that was only enabled through the public health emergency has since been backed up by some additional legislation and funding. So bring all those things together. Most large health systems have somebody who is keeping an eye on the various regulatory laws and policies and whatnot. So that should be top of mind for us. Number two, prescription drug costs. President Biden said the U.S. pays more for prescription drugs than any other major country on earth using insulin costs to illustrate the point. Bad case. I wouldn't use insulin. I mean, it's the case is accurate. Insulin's not because Civic RX and others are producing alternatives that are much lower in cost. And so the costs he's talking about here essentially are the Civica costs and the other players. He goes on, out-of-pocket drug costs for seniors. This is a better example. Out-of-pocket drug costs for seniors on Medicare have also been capped at $2,000 per year. If drug costs rise faster than inflation, drug companies will have to pay Medicare back the difference. Okay, so if I were a pharmaceutical company, if I were a see of some kind, if I operated a large pharmacy, I'd worry about this. But as a CIO, I'd be looking for transparency to the clinician first and foremost, to the patient also. But to the clinician, because when the clinician is having a drug, them knowing the cost and having a conversation with the patient to make sure that it aligns, if there's an alternative that is as effective and less cost, that would be a service that we could offer to those patients. Number three, cancer moonshot. President Biden highlighted the cancer moonshot initiative, which was reignited last year with the goal of cutting cancer death rates by at least 50% in the next 25 years. Turn more cancers from death sentences to treatable diseases, provide more support for patients and their families, he said during the speech. Fantastic. That's great. I'm not sure it impacts us today, but if we were an academic medical center, and I'm sure that this means if there's a cancer moonshot out there, means that there are funds available from the federal government for research. And I'm sure your people are all over that. And number four, Affordable Care Act, a record 16 million people are enrolled in ACA plans. President Biden said millions are saving $800 a year on the premiums under the Inflation Reduction Act, although the benefits expire after 2025. Once more, he urged lawmakers to finish the job and expand coverage to those left off Medicaid. And this is something we have to keep an eye on very closely with the end of the public health emergency, the number of people dropping either into Medicaid or off of Medicaid as a result of that. We have to keep an eye on our payer mix. That leads to profitability or loss for a health system. And we have to understand what the ramifications of all this shakeup is going to be. And so, again, I wouldn't rely on the federal government to be doing anything quickly, given the polarization of the views on this. And so I would say just project out what it's going to look like and be ready to adjust to either more Medicaid patients. Medicare is pretty constant, right? It's it's growing at the rate it's growing. Medicare Advantage is growing faster. Anyway, you have to understand the economics of each one of those and commercial payers. You have to understand the mix. You have to understand the implication on your health system and where that's leading. Hopefully you have a phenomenal CFO who is helping you with that stuff and helping you understand that. If not, the COO and CEO should be all over that. But as a CIO, should understand it. Medicare, President Biden said he would not cut any Medicare or Medicaid or Medicare or Social Security benefits 
and he would strike down any law that tries to do so. There's, I don't know what that's about. There is no law proposing, or there's nobody who would ever touch that third rail of saying cutting Social Security or Medicare. So I'm sure there's some nuance to that. That's not something that we would have to worry about because it's it's just a non-starter. Opioid addiction. This is huge. President Biden discussed efforts to tackle the opioid and overdose epidemic, including disrupting in the trafficking, distribution, and sale of fentanyl. Customs and Border Protections in the last year has seized 260,000 pounds of illicit drugs, primarily at ports of entry in the U.S. border, including about 15,000 pounds of fentanyl, according to the White House. As part of the continued efforts, the administration plans to provide 123 new large-scale scanners at land points, so forth and so on. I'm not sure that impacts our hospitals. I mean, it, clearly it impacts our hospitals. These people are showing up in our ERs and whatnot. So I'm not saying that correctly. But the whole idea of the borders and that kind of stuff, that's that's outside of our purview per se. I think if I were looking at the opioid addiction, again, we've covered this with Chime and some some people who are on the opioid tax task force. There's a bunch of things we can do from a prescribing standpoint. There's a bunch of things we can do from a mental health standpoint. And so that's the direction. If I hear this, the, the borders thing, that's a political and they have to deal with that. I can't. I can't do anything about the borders and the amount of fentanyl coming into the country, but I can serve the community that we have in front of us and try to determine what's the best way to make sure that we minimize or eliminate the the deaths from opioid in our community. Clearly a huge issue and something that should be top of mind for any chief medical officer and population health officer. And number seven, reproductive and LGBTQ care. Make no mistake, President Biden said, if Congress passes a national abortion ban, I will veto it. Yeah, that's rhetoric. That'll never happen. Just think about it, right? You have a split Congress. There's no way that a national abortion ban is going to be passed by Congress, let alone get onto the president's desk. So that is completely rhetoric, and it's designed to fire up the base. And if I had to think about what the ramifications are, there's no ramifications for that statement. However, I would say the message is pretty clear. You have to take care of the people in your community, especially those who are disenfranchised or in some way marginalized in your communities. Nursing homes. In October, the Biden administration announced more aggressive measures to increase accountability in nursing homes, including higher safety standards, minimum minimum staffing requirements and incentivize quality performance through Medicare and Medicaid funding, as well as higher penalties for low-performing nursing homes that fail to improve by CMS standards. Again, good move if you're partnered with any nursing homes. If you happen to own any nursing homes, this is going to be a top-of-mind issue, something that you have to take into account. I'd be looking at certain technologies in the nursing homes that I think would provide a higher level of efficiency, better service. I think that technology adoption amongst the the aging population and the senior population is going to be crucial. And it does offer some efficiencies that we should be examining. Number nine, surprise medical bills. To me, this is the bane of our existence. The No Surprise Act, a bipartisan law passed in late 2020 during the Trump administration took effect. January 1st, 2022, it protects patients from out-of-network bills for emergency care and other services. We're already preventing insurance companies from spending, sending surprise medical bills, stopping 1 million surprise bills a month, President Biden said. Yeah, absolutely. 
In fact, if I were a health system today, I would look at this specifically. I would look at our contribution to this problem of surprise medical bills and seeing what we can do around that. And then number 10, research advancements. President Biden touted research advancements for multiple diseases, Alzheimer's, diabetes, HIV, and AIDS. Phenomenal, great work. Appreciate the government funding that kind of work and helping us to move closer to really that that realization of advanced medicine, genomics, and other things to really attack these diseases where they start. So again, you know, I look at these things, I try not to look through a political lens. It's, it's really hard at times because they're such political speeches. But with that being said, COVID-19, public health emergency, just understanding that prescription drugs, understanding, again, transparency at the, at the bedside and at the, the point of prescription, and for patients understanding what the cost of drugs are and giving them options, cancer moose shot, knowing where the money's going to be and making sure that your health system is lined up to get some of that funding, which I'm sure they're all over. Affordable Care Act, understanding the mix that is happening today and that will happen after the public health emergency goes away is going to be important. Medicare, nobody's touching Medicare, but you know, again, it goes back to that pair mix, understanding your Medicare your commercial, your Medicaid, and your uninsured population and how to best care for them. Opioid addiction, again, I point you to CHIME and the Opioid Task Force. They've done great work on our prescribing of opioids and how that can be monitored and changed within our health system, as well as some of the other resources they have around mental health and other things. Reproductive and LGBTQ, I don't go specifically to those things as they're I think it's, again, that's a political topic. We'll let them deal with it on the politics side. But in terms of caring for the people in your community, and especially those that are disenfranchised and require special needs, that is something that we are called to as a health system. Nursing homes, again, look look to increase standards, which is absolutely necessary. Look to technology and how can technology alleviate that surprise medical bills. Again, look at the way we contribute to that problem, make sure our health system isn't contributing to that problem in any way we can reduce that. I mean, again, healthcare is one of the biggest causes of bankruptcies in our country, and that is a stain on our industry. And then research advancements, absolutely. Let's keep moving towards precision medicine and all the omics, and let's let's eradicate some of these diseases. It would be fantastic. So hopefully I did not offend anyone by trying to go through this, but I think it's important to look at these things and try to determine what the impact is going to be on our healthcare system. That's all for today. If you know someone that might benefit from our channel, you could do us a great favor and shoot them a note. Let them know that you are listening to the show and that they can subscribe wherever they listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher. You get the picture, we're everywhere. And if you can't find us there, go ahead to our website, thisweekhealth.com. We want to thank our channel sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders, SureTest and Artisite. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.